What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com here. We got RJ City. Is this select? Are people paying for this one? Uh, you know, I'll I'll be I'll put it on there early for Fightful Select, okay. but this is going to uh, go out to the we masses. Could, we could do one just for Select where I bury people. That'd be great because I okay. I was just at Wrestlecade, which you got unbooked from a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever been booked for any kind of Cade. <laughs> Calvalcade used to be an old. WWE show in Canada. They never booked me either. It's okay. Oh, well, I was there and I tried to get everybody I interviewed to bury somebody, and yeah. nobody would except for Dax. Dax Harwood buried everybody. That was cool. But did he bury me? No, he didn't. Actually, we are kind of close. I I reference you in interviews an awful lot though, and try to get people to and bury people you. Go, What's the face when they hear my name? They go. People won't bury you. Like by and large, they won't bury you. And then of course Two. the. The one that I never mentioned you to is Chelsea Green, who probably could bury you. I did a whole podcast burying her. I mean, she owes the woman owes me money. She shouldn't bury me at all. Her fiance loves me. I'm not invited to the wedding. So it's another thing I'm not booked at. He buried. Yeah, I'm not invited to that either. It's it's wild. Everybody says that she's like my number one news source, and I'm not even invited to the wedding. Maybe they'll leak the photos to you. They, they should. You know what? That'd is this, what's the name of it? You, you write for Power Slam Magazine? That's what this is? <laughs> Fightful Magazine? <laughs> we can run them as like the, the cover story in the corner. Exclusive wedding photos from yes. Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. Yes. And they, they I will end up paying them more for those than what Chelsea owes you. And you still won't mm-hmm. get your money. I won't get my money because she's, you know... She feels like she's entitled to it, and I don't know why. But well, I, I understand why because I mean, you've got syndication money, you've got WWE money, you're you've got yeah. being Mario Cantone's friend money. Like I've got vintage uh, Simon and Garfunkel T-shirt money. So I think that she assumes it's like when you stay in a five-star hotel and they don't put a fridge or a microwave in there because they assume you're so rich you're just going to order room service. She right. just assumes you're so rich that you don't need the money the principle of it you know even if she if she gave it to me i would probably give it back and say i just wanted to know that you would would you would definitely take a picture for instagram though like the the exchanging of the money it's ten dollars correct it's ten dollars yeah and that was four years ago it's ten dollars canadian i'm not even gonna bother with interest or inflation or any of this well i know the i know the i can adjust for inflation in my head that's about 35 cents american um and you know I got to side with you yeah. on this one. It seems like a, a an amount of money that she could afford. Right. And, you know, I will say something. Matt Cardona is incredibly generous. Sent me a flash funk. A bone cruncher? I think so. Do the bone crunchers, like, one in every eight bone crunchers actually crunched bones. <laughs> yeah. I've got, like... But I do hear, now that I'm, you know, getting older, I feel like a lot of wrestlers do hear a slight clicking noise in their joints. Yeah, that, that is true. Now, did he send it with the hat or without? Uh, it's with the hat. It's in the box. Ooh, oh, yeah. so it's, it's a nice. So it's it's boxed. That's fantastic. Uh, that's one of my yeah, favorite figures in that line. I've collected almost all of them now. Yeah, I'm a big Clarence Mason guy. Are you uh, now? Now those... I like the I like the one point of articulation. Yes, it, it, like the feet like adjust slightly. Yes. <laughs> Was it there? Didn't Sergeant Slaughter have like paper in his <laughs> He's hands? He's got paper in his hand, and his arm goes like this. Oh so that's man! It. And yes. 
with admonishing action. So the non-wrestlers were just solid plastic, hard plastic that did not move whatsoever. Like they can't. Could you bump. imagine just just a child who is in Toys R Us in the wrestling aisle, not a wrestling fan, like looking to get to the Transformers and perusing and just seeing this this bald man wearing gray pants holding a paper, going, "Why would I want this?" I I, I would not like a new uh, Cyclops. I would like this jackal figure that does not come with any other members of the Truth Commission. Yes. That's, yes. that's how it works I, You out. can keep your, what was it, Recon Sniper? Recon Sniper, Kurgan the Interrogator. Uh, the wonderful Robert Maillet, yeah. who is an absolute doll. Can I say that? That's He's the first the, one of the nicest people I've ever met. So that's the first time I've heard his real name pronounced out loud like i was just calling him robert mallet yeah. for a long time in my head yes but yeah he i saw him in in a kevin james horror movie which i mean i guess they're all kind of horror movies but sure the one that was uh, you're intended, talking about paul blart or the ufc one it's, yeah, the one that was actually intended to be a horror movie where they yes. they played uh, uh nazis i believe well he uh he split me open did he yeah, we did a movie together called Monster Brawl. Don't know if you're familiar. I urge you to check it out. It's the paper, it's basically a pay-per-view of classic monsters wrestling. And Ooh. he's Frankenstein, I'm the Wolfman, and we're the main event. Because, of course. And he's chokeslamming me in the graveyard. And so we have to do a bunch of takes. They want to get different angles. So I'm standing. He's basically has his hand on, on my throat and we're just, we're standing there. We're waiting in position and he scratches his head and he puts his arm down. And as he puts his arm down, he hard weighs me. His elbow catches me right here. And I had this Wolfman prosthetic on and it just, it really, really stung. And I was like, Hmm. He's like, Oh, sorry. And I don't want to be like, Oh my God, you split me open. You're monster. And uh, it turns out I was bleeding into the prosthetic the whole time and had no oh, idea. Oh, no. Yeah. He's, he's had a pretty successful acting career. He's an amazing acting career. He's so smart and funny. And I'm just like, you're so much better than wrestling. And I'm so happy for you. I, I think a lot of people would like, maybe they don't realize like he's been in Deadpool and, and Hercules. Yeah. Sherlock and every Holmes. Uh, Guillermo del Toro <laughs> film, pretty much. So uh, as we circle back to that, I, I want to. Do an exercise, yeah, and which just came to me, and I didn't want to forget about it. Do you ever visit your own cage match profile? <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. Word you... has gotten back from those who have. Also, like around the internet, I'm at least like five different heights. Yes, depending on what site you're looking at, like give or take, um, like six or seven inches. My real, do you remember? You know, Ron Hutchison. Yeah, of course. He booked a show, and he insisted that because I was a baby face, I should be billed a shorter than I actually am. I was like, Are you, you're ruining my life, and it's still up. That's amazing. Uh, what, what is your shoot height? I'm six, one and a half almost. I can get away with saying I'm six two. Well, uh, Cage Match got away with saying you were six feet. But I know you tried to forget about your wrestling matches as soon as they happen, so I imagine... <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> that, I like playing this. I, 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 would, I would imagine that sometimes you have to go back. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking at your cage match profile. True or false, oh. you haven't had a match since March 2, 2020. True. Okay. Now, 
I'm going to read the comments on I your- I probably haven't had a match longer than that, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to read the comments on your cage match profile, which I got to say, your rating is 8.67 out of 10. Is that good? Yes, it's exceptional. Uh, okay, great. Uh, do you know who my last match was against? Daniel Garcia. Yes. Talk about a trajectory. We both went. <laughs> Go ahead. So this one is from Mizzle Assault Ant that says, okay. I've only seen him wrestle rarely. He seems perfectly good, but his personality is definitely what shines, and it shines in a big way. <laughs> my motto is, I can wrestle, I just don't. I like it. That, that's the worst when you wrestle people and they come back and they go, wow, you can wrestle. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you, like, that's so insulting to say to someone. It's Isn't... like having coffee with someone after and be like, wow, like, I, I heard you were an asshole. I was wrong. Well, don't say that to people. So here's one that rated you a 10 out of 10. And they rated you a 10 out of 10 way back in 2016. Mm, I don't know what they were watching. It says, RJ has one of the best gimmicks around and certainly knows how to work it. A showboating former Nickelodeon star who just reeks of arrogance. His mic skills get him over as one of the more pompous heels on any roster, and his moveset complements him the same way. He's getting the notoriety he deserves in bigger feds in Canada, and rightfully so. But I'm happy to see him in, an, uh, in ESW month after month. Oh, you got the, that recurring fan right there. Yeah, that's great. This guy's following me, and I appreciate Gary it. Gary Thomas 222. And this was back and in who could forget him? And my hat's off to Mr. Thomas. How do you think his opinion would have changed about you since then? Do you think that you're still at a 10? Do you think that you've slidden down any at all? It should be dot, 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 I don't understand. I think that would be his, what happened exactly? I think would be <laughs> his, his next follow-up. comment. What happened with two question marks? <laughs> I don't, I thought he had all the tools and then they all kind of fell out of his toolbox and I don't understand what he's doing now. Now, the third and final comment is your lowest rating. Uh-oh. Which had you at a seven. I'll take it. I would, too. Hokutu in winter wrote, really, really good promo. Amazing character work. Money looks. However, his work is very American television-style formulaic. Coming from someone who's on American television. Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> Says the plus to that is... I'm sure he's super easy to work with and very safe. You'll love this. Plus, if he gets signed by WWE, he won't take much time to adjust. The downside, the downside oh, is it's not exactly an exciting style. Thanks. Additionally, his Thanks. feud and team with David Arquette is well worth seeking out. I thought that was a like it, it's like some of the stuff I agree with, some of the stuff I don't. But I thought that was a very fair and balanced review. I think that was really reasonable. I think he, he – and also rated me higher than, you know, average or half. I didn't get a five. He I'm was gonna, he was giving me the benefit of the doubt there. Are you I'm writing gonna, one? I, no, I'm just going to look. I'm just going to arbitrarily look up somebody else. Yeah. Charlotte Flair is rated a full point lower than you. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, granted. But I also think that's because, like, every match she has is usually seen by people. Also, you have five votes. She has 617. So, I mean, maybe. Maybe that has something. I I think I have a decent ERA at the end of the day. Exactly. You know what? It's it's about the performance. Like, and those who have seen you think that you're great. 
I guess so. At worst, this is very, I'm very much like the Velvet Underground. Did you see them? Did you see them live? You have oh, to really no. see them live. The eight shows they did were great. Oh man! So it's wild because we actually do have things to talk about. You have done things over the well, last. Let's year and a half. start off first of all. Before that, there's something that happened that's much bigger than us and connected us okay. in, in a very deep way when we first met. And and now we do have to mourn and grieve, and that's the loss of Ed Asner. The, oh, my gosh, you're right. That is – oh, it, and the, the uh, sad thing is, like, I think mere days after that, I was going to meet him at, like, a Lexington Comic Con or something like that. And he, he passed the day before my birthday this year. And uh, those of you who uh, don't remember, uh, RJ said that Ed Asner encouraged him to have his ass eaten, I believe it was. Yeah, well, I think that's just the name of, of that in the business, show business, is the Ed Asner. Oh, it is the Ed Asner. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you remembered that because I was a little foggy yeah. on the on the details on that And one. you were going to ask him that? I was, actually. I was going <laughs> to ask him about that because I thought – what what's the worst that can happen yeah and what is and he seems like a he's a fine guy he seems like a doll to work with and i will also say your friend there your little shoe friend there uh goi oh jim jim who does uh glaciers of ice kicks yeah first of all you can just say glaciers (laughs) because glaciers are often made of ice number one Number two, he said to me, this is like months ago, I want to make uh, pairs of shoes for you and David Arquette, mm-hmm. and I want to make them out of old like celebrity clothing or something. That's awesome. So he, he and I have been hunting for something for him to cut up. Yeah. And it's been very difficult. We've been going to like trying to look for estate sales online. That's and amazing. And some stuff has been really nice where it's like, you don't want to cut up Carol Burnett's dress. Of course. And make shoes out of them. That's sacrilegious. Would, so, would you like to cut up this this Hobbs and Shaw promotional brisk iced tea case and make shoes sure. out of Sure. Uh, see, the gimmick was that they sent me is that you would be opening up a can of whoop ass. Yeah. Ah, uh, the name that's of it was original. whoop ass. So this has a lot of not fabric in it, but something that Great. could make very uncomfortable shoes. I think. Yes. And who is a bigger legend in that movie? Than Jason Statham. Jason Statham, Ed Asner, yeah, Yeah. to me, right there. Yeah, he's really the modern Ed Asner. He is. I mean, I don't know if you know this today, but when younger people get their asses eaten, they're like, that's a Jason Statham. A Statham, yes. (laughs) That's a crank too high voltage. Yeah, and it was so noble of Ed Asner to pass the torch like that. And, And a lot of people think that it's forced when people do that. But he yeah. gave him the seal of approval. He's like... It was very much Warrior Hogan, WrestleMania six. But everybody was watching Ed Asner leave instead of watching Jason Statham... <laughs> right. ...take the reins. we're still waiting for Statham to really take the ball and run with it. It was. And, and I do appreciate that Ed Asner from that point said, Give me a high voltage. One of those yeah. every time. <laughs> Give me a yes. crank too. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it. That's how it worked out. But uh, legitimately, I mean, that is that is a bummer. We would send messages to each other about Ed Asner, yeah, far more frequently than I had ever anticipated before that interview. That's for sure. But I will say, it's kind of average for me to yeah. send messages about Ed Asner. That's true. I, yes. I think you got him over with a wrestling audience, but 
Um, he has deep wrestling roots. He does. The Ra- the Randy Orton story. Had you heard that? Well, I told you that. Yeah, I know. But before that, I mean, and there was yes. like, go ahead. Sorry. He's also in the, he's in the movie with Vern. Oh, you're right. The wrestler. Yeah. The original yeah. The wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Billy Robinson was in that back in the day. Uh, yes. that's, that's how it uh, popped on, on my radar there. So do you actually have a list of actual things you wanted to talk about? I do. I mean, you did do okay. some work with WWE. Are you still doing that, or is that? It's 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 we. So we're, we're, do you want to start from the beginning? Like, what do you want to know? Uh, what don't I want to know? Because, I mean, I full disclosure, I hit up RJ for an interview in like March because I was like, I gotta have my my yearly RJ, at least yearly interview with RJ, yeah. and. Then we were like, oh, there might be some hoops we got to jump through. We'll see. And yeah. now here we are. And it was very easy to set this up. I assume there's a reason for that. <laughs> well, no. I mean, there's also, you know, I was working on a bunch of stuff that I could not talk about yet yeah. and did not want to talk about. And then it's like, I don't want to sit here and, like, dodge questions. Yeah. Like, that would that would be really shitty. I also don't want to be the big vague things guy. I don't want to, you know, be the equivalent of tweeting the eye emoji. That's me. That's me that about is once you. a month. I, I hate it. I fucking I yell but, at you when I see it. But I always pay it off very quickly. Yeah, but I don't like it. I'm like, let it'll happen when it happens, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I've lived I've lived with enough disappointment in my life, Listen, and buddy. near misses of things happening that I'm always like, it's not happening until I'm actually doing Every it. Every time I tweet those eyeballs, I get a bunch of subscriptions. I gotta tweet those eyeballs, RJ. It's it's horrible. <laughs> Look, you're 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 legitimately mad. You're like it bothers me. Yeah, that's no, that's the first like the first like serious angry I've seen of you. You went yeah, because I'm not paying for select. I'll I, say it. I was expecting you to do one of those. Oh yeah, that that's a good. I had a bit about that. Uh, When I opened for Foley, I had a bit about, like, wrestlers, you can stop holding up your fists. (laughs) You know? (laughs) On my mailman's Instagram, every picture isn't him holding a letter. (laughs) I know, but it would be great if it was. Like, if if that was... And the other thing is, it's a closed fist. It is a closed fist. And I think today, a lot of people don't even know why closed fists should be illegal or were illegal, but that's a... That's for your next Al Snow seminar, I guess. Um, yes, it is. So how did this come about, the WWE thing? Because honestly, until I heard the New Day podcast, I didn't know you had a tryout like 10 years ago. Yeah, and- well, my original tryout was before tryouts were like public information. Yeah. They certainly were not you know, tweeted about or like, this is who's trying out. Like that was just not a thing. My understanding was that was, like, the first one under, like, Triple H and Canyon, and that was, like, the first of the modern tryout, and it was back at the old FCW building, so, you know, it was before a lot of stuff, and that's where I met uh, Dax. You did, huh? Yeah. How was that? How was he? Was he wonderful? We were, I think, in the same rental car together. And I remember we were eating, and I think he was very like, you're from Canada, right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, Brett, like, of course, all he wanted to talk about is fucking Bret Hart. Yeah. What else is new? And then at some point, I had mentioned Bachwinkle. And once you drop Bachwinkle, we were like, best of friends. Of course. You know? And he's a delight and, you know, amazing and funny. And I would love to just kick back with him one day and watch some Lonesome Dove or something. I've done a couple of interviews with them. I learn a lot from them. Did yeah? 
I know you don't subscribe to Fightful Select. Did you happen yeah. to see the story I published yesterday? Yeah, it kicked somebody out. Some guy made it. He behind, sniffed out a mole. Made it uh, like past arena security and sat in his seat in the locker room. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, I, I'm not in the locker room. I guess they, not assigned seating, but preferred seating there. And he's like, hey, that's that's my seat, buddy. Guy gets up, moves right next to him to the Blade's seat, of all people. A butcher in the Blade. And he starts rolling up his Jeff Hardy armbands. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap. Play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good stuff. And they say, who trained you, brother? And he says, Jeff Hardy. And they say, no. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And they they eject him, and he goes, I'm Taz's friend, and... Uh, someone who was around said, well, we knew that was bullshit. Taz doesn't have friends. That was it, you know? If he had said, oh, I'm friends with somebody more friendly, like a sunny kiss. Yes. You know? Maybe. They'd be like, all right, Maybe. sit down. So yeah. the story that I loved, obviously, from the New Day thing was the Rings of Saturn the punchline there, and I'm I'm not yes. even gonna I'm not even gonna go go or gonna go into it. You'll need to listen to the New Day show that RJ did. But what we didn't hear after yeah. you asked to see the rings of Saturn, how did he react? Did he I get just, it? If he got it, he certainly didn't let me know it. Amazing! There was an incredible. I felt the air get heavy. I don't know how to explain it, and I feel like some people got it. Some people, I mean, you know, Woods got it. Woods seemed to enjoy it. A lot of people seemed to enjoy it. They said very nice things to me. You know, so wait, I did that promo, and there's, like, dead silence. Just this, and I do remember, you know, you hear the silence. And Dusty was there. This is how long ago it was. And he just went, that was excellent, baby. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Are you sure? And I think everyone is mainly, you know, confused by it. 
Well, I, the thing that I, when I thought about this, I was like, gosh, this was like 2010, 2011 or something. This was yeah. after Perry had disappeared for multiple years, if you remember. Yeah. And then yes. Bill Apter found him and was like, hey, here's Perry Saturn. Like, he had seen some shit, but your comment is what makes him, like, that's what leaves him speechless. Yeah. And I, he did play it perfectly. He could have ruined it for me. He could have said no and not shown me his hands, and I would have been left hanging. You know? That's a professional. And to, to bring it all, I turned to the, the trainer there at the time, at the end of this, and I sang him the theme from Mary Tyler Moore. And who else was on Mary Tyler Moore? Perry Saturn. Oh, oh Jesus. Ed Asner. Oh. Shit. Fucking shit. I thought to maybe, tie it all together here. I know. I, I thought that's how you were doing it. I thought that's what Perry Saturn was doing during his uh, absence in the late 2000s. Next question. Move on, please. So you get the call or the email or something to do stuff with WWE they, Digital? Well, no. I was um, Matt Camp, yeah. who I think I had met years ago at an indie show. He's always incredibly nice to me. Incredibly talented. Holding down that fort, every job they give me is amazing. This generation's was, Pettengill, I think. He has that loud, booming uh, voice. I, I think love so. It. All that kind of always camera-ready kind of yeah. like really obscenely good. And he messaged me saying, hey, can you hook me up with David? We wanted to get him. I think Liv Morgan always wants to do Ready to Rumble 2 because she doesn't understand that movies that don't make money shouldn't get a sequel. So I was like, sure, like, no problem. I thought it was for the bump. So I I hooked him and David up, and then David's like, okay, you're coming on too, right? I'm like, no, they didn't invite me. That's not how these things work. That's okay. Um, You know, at this point, I very much made peace of, like, I'm not going there, and I'm going to enjoy not being signed. As you can see by my Twitter, I enjoy myself. You can even make that your thing, is how how much you're enjoying not being signed. Yes. So... (laughs) And then it came time for him to do his interview, and David keeps sending me the Zoom link. I'm like, David, like, you don't get it. Like, no. Like, I'm not showing up to it. You know, he's like, no, we're a tag team. We do this together. Like, no. And then his wife sent me the link. And his wife is obviously the one in the family who has the credibility, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So I went, okay, fine. Fuck. I'm going to click on it. And I clicked on it, and it was this video. I don't know if you remember this. Early in the pandemic... They tried to get see how many superstars and celebrities they could get on one Zoom call. This was when Zoom was a novelty. Yes. And I click on it, and it's this Brady Bunch wall of, like, Kayla, Matt, David, like, Titus O'Neil, Dolph Ziggler, Rey Mysterio, Clark Duke, uh, Maria <laughs> Menounos, the Bella Twins, and I, you know... This is alarming. No one is telling me what's going on. No one is is filling me in on anything. And I immediately start apologizing and blaming David, which is the truth. And then I started making fun of his cowboy hats. And it it was very weird. And and after five minutes, I thought, I've done enough here. That was fun. And I'm sure they'll edit this out. And then they didn't. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's that's a giant oversight, <laughs> you know. Um, and then after that, I guess I guess a couple months later, I got a call from or an email from somebody saying, hey, do you want to do watch along SummerSlam's watch along? And I first I thought this is a ruse. 
And then I was also very much like, are you aware, like, who I am? And, like, this is okay with you? Because, like, I'm not, I don't have a, I don't vary yes. my mood that much. So, and they were like, yeah, so blah, 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 blah. And I talked to Matt, and Matt was super supportive. And then I got on there, and it's me, Bivens, and Woods. And I'm like, I, I know everybody. And then after that, they talked to me uh, with their digital department, who were amazing, wonderful people. And they were just like, Oh, also, I think during this period was when... Do you remember when Randy Orton tweeted me? I do. I had do. That weird, like, you know, we had that whole day of going back I and know that, that He seemed to be pretty fond of you, actually. I, I think he is. He liked a tweet of mine about Diane Lane. Yeah. Once, and I was like, what are you hiding? What is your DVD collection like? I, th- I think Randy has a copy of Under the Tuscan Sun. But that uh. is just me. And I don't fault them at all. But I think also they saw that and they're like, what, you know, what is the deal with this guy? And so they, we talked and they're like, what do you want to do? And I had a list of 10 pitches cold. I'm like, I got a bunch of ideas if you want to do, uh, like I'm capable of doing, you know, whatever. I also made it clear, like, these are digital people. They wanted digital content. I was very clear that like, I'm not here to wrestle. I don't want to turn this into something more. You know what I mean? Like The same thing you've made clear this, to every promoter you've ever worked for. <laughs> why would I want to wrestle? But no, it was just like, you know, I wanted them to know, like, I want to make whatever you give me. I want to make the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to make this whatever. I want to make this as funny as possible and as good as possible. And like, that's it. So had a bunch of ideas. They were all on board. They came back with some stuff. We've been working on stuff for uh, quite a long time. Some stuff did not work out. As you know, it's like a roulette wheel sometimes yeah. with these things. There's a bunch of logistics. It's like running a city, that company. You know what I mean? And yes. it's like trying to get, you know, it's still like trying to get your driver's license. You have to go through all these avenues, talk to a million people. So we did a bunch of things that I had worked on and they didn't work out and stuff fell through. And it's like, <clears throat> don't worry. And this whole time I'm doing, I'm appearing on the bump. I'm doing uh, watch-alongs and things of that nature. And I've very much become the guy down the hall uh, from WWE. I was like their wacky neighbor. And then um, finally, with maybe like two weeks notice, they were like, we want you to do uh, a show, a late night show in between the WrestleManias. <clears throat> like a, that's, like, quite, sure? that's quite a that time point, slot. <laughs> that's quite a it slot was quite get. a time slot. And I also don't think they were sure at the time you know, will it be live? Will you be there? What will we do? Like all of this stuff came together really, really fast. So I got like kind of two weeks notice. So I started writing it. First of all, they were like, we want you to have a a whole hour. And I was like, absolutely not. This is a horrible idea. Like this is not going to go well. And then they were like, okay, we can be however long it's digital. So we can do what we want. So I wrote about three hours of material. And then they picked out, I think their favorite hour, hour and a half. And there was a couple, like a bunch of stuff we wanted to do that was just not producible in the time we were given. You know what I mean? And also, like, it's the same crew who does the bump. It's not like they hired a crew just to do WrestleMania after dark. This was was an additional workload for them, I would imagine. Yes. So I'm trying to make this as easy as possible, that whole thing. And pretty much everyone we asked for said yes and you're familiar with the process of like you have to put in for people Mm -hmm. and then they schedule them and get back to you and whatever everyone we asked for said yes the two people we couldn't get were 
Nash because there was a scheduling thing because he was doing the Hall of Fame and blah, blah, blah. And Woods, this was typical Woods, and this is like good-natured but annoying, where he was like, hey, you know, they put in and blah, blah, blah. They told me I'm too busy to do it, but like, don't worry. We'll figure it out. We'll, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay. And then when we got the days and time set, I'm like, here it is. Like, pick a time. And he's like, I'm too busy. It, it is a very like, wrestling well, PR thing for them to be like, you're too busy to do this. You're not doing yes. it. Yes. So it turned out he was too busy. But he was like, what? Like, can we do something? Like, how can I be a part of it that's short and sweet? So he did uh, uh, an endorsement for his product, the new bidet. Yes. Uh, which was great. And then I think the only people I couldn't ask for were – and it was weird because we're shooting it in advance. Mm-hmm. And with people on WrestleMania, between WrestleMania, I'm like, I don't want someone to break their ankle or something, and then they come on the show all smiling. So we tried to keep it very vague. I remember, like, <clears throat> we stayed away from Randy. I think he was in the middle of the, the Bray stuff. And that's, yeah. you know what I mean? That's hard, a gear shift to make. And other people, I had asked for, for Chelsea, and I had asked for Karen Q, who's yeah. hilarious, I've worked with before. But they were not on TV yet, and I don't think they wanted to... Have this be their debut? Yes. Who, I don't the, blame WWE them. or them individually? Uh, WWE. It was okay. like, we, we didn't ask, like, we didn't get to them yet. Yeah. We were just like, maybe that's not, I just knew they were good people that were funny people. And I wanted to make this, first of all, I wanted to show off that these people are actually funny and interesting in different ways than what you're used to. Of course. And I also wanted to make it a place where, like, they could just kick back and have fun and know that they would be taken care of. Almost like, you remember like Southpaw? Yeah, yeah. How people were clearly having fun. And I'm like, let's just, like, if you get, if this is a show that you get in your notifications, like, it's something you want to do. So everyone said yes, which was great. And Kevin Owens, who I don't know, but I know, you know, watched my stuff, demanded more cartoons once. Um, and we, when we got Kevin Owens... I was like, hey, do you want to know what we're doing or do you just want to do it? He's like, let's just do it. So the Kevin Owens interview on WrestleMania After Dark is like completely in real time. <laughs> and, you know, I mistake him for the Honky Tonk Man. I, I was hoping for the Honky Tonk Man and I get him. And he was just, he was so amazing. And same thing with, with um, Billy Kay, Jesse uh, McKay, who's hilarious. You know, Liv is hilarious. And it's, I was like, sometimes I don't know them. Like, obviously, Bivens was fine. He was going to be wonderful no matter what. But other people, it's like, Liv, I don't know you. So I would, you know, try to proof it, idiot proof it, where, like, if nothing happened, we'd still be covered. But then she was, like, amazing on top of it, you know? So I was like, this whole thing is perfect. And then so we shot it in, like, two days. Did not get to see the edit. Oh, no. Because uh, it's so quick. You know, it's just, like, it's yeah, terrifying, of course. right? We don't have any time. Oh, my God. Right before this, I came from L.A. I did Family Feud. Oh, yeah, so you straight. did. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot this. Yeah, that little thing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I, th- I believe that was the highest uh, rating wrestler appearance this entire year. You want to talk oh about your ratings God. and your demos. According to Brandon Thurston, it was like 4 million people. What? Okay? Did he really report yeah. that? Yeah, I That's asked him. Like, Can I get the overnights? I want all the. Give me the whole bullshit. I, love that guy. I want to see where I am in relation to this shit. And uh, so we did that, and I was at David's, and Dalton was there too, and they forced me to go on a hike, and I hated it. And the whole time I'm trying to write, you know, ideas for WrestleMania After Dark on my phone. Um, 
So we did it. And, you know, I'm nervous. And I'm like, this is a doomsday scenario for me. Uh, everyone's going to hate this. We did it. And the word on the street was it was one of the best received things they've ever done. Yeah, it was. Meaning it was like I – it was one of those things like after – after each WrestleMania night, I'm doing a live show. By the time that's done, I'm I'm done. I want to go to bed. I had to watch WrestleMania After Dark, and I would see people tweeting about it during. And I was like, oh, I wish I was watching this. It, I, I saw like no negative reaction to it, which is very rare with anything, much less something contingent with WWE. Right, and they were like, "Wow!" Like, also, I think. I've constructed in a way where, like, I know things are stupid, so I try to call them out first so you can't even criticize them because I've already criticized myself. Exactly. But, and they were also happy with, like, they reached kind of a different audience, too. People who are not normally tweeting about it. Because it was a little smarter, like, half in and out of kayfabe and, you know, just general weirdness, which they do not normally do at all. And all credit to that whole digital team. I wrote the whole thing, and they really did not give me one note as a you know outside of oh, we're not we can't do this in the time we have, um, but it was like oh my god fantastic and there was allegedly an internal push to have me host like a weekly you know late night whatever oh, but of, be cool. but of course well I was like listen you guys have to hire a whole team for that you can't just do it with the people you have and they knew that too and they were like you know let's let's and then USA started tweeting me. I was like, let's do the tonight uh, TNT show. Like, I'm here. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever. They were like, okay, this is great. This worked. And um, let's figure out what the next steps are. And then out of nowhere, do you remember when they did a last-minute retro SmackDown? I do. Okay. And it wasn't retro at all? It was, no. like, all neon, but then it was, like, Attitude Era stuff, and they didn't yes. know what retro meant? Yes. Okay. So... We're discussing a bunch of ideas, and I get this this call, or this email the day before. They want um, to do a thing, plugging Russia SmackDown. It's last minute. Do you want to interview someone for the bump? It'll be a segment, and you'll just do it. We have either Teddy Long or Shane Helms. And I was like, I know Shane Helms, and I know he gets me. You know, we're friendly, and he gets the humor, and he's whatever. So I'm like, because Teddy, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't want to run yeah. the risk. So the day before, I wrote a bunch of questions for Shane, and he had, like, just gotten gotten home from doing, you know, producing or whatever. I'm sure he was dead tired, and he was so perfect. And I get there, and they have this intro ready, and they'll call it Wednesday Morning Wake Up because they did, like, a ripoff of the TNT logo. And and I'm like, whoa. So we did that kind of just on a whim as a way for them to work in Shane and, and plug SmackDown. And we did, I think I wrote three to five minutes, and we did it straight through, and then we got a bunch of off-color extra questions later, which was fun. And I said a bunch of stuff that just will never be shown anywhere, which was great. And he was amazing. He was so perfect. And then they did it. Everyone liked it. And they said, let's do at least six more of these, and then take a break, and then see what we can do. And in the meantime, they also said... Um, how can we do another After Dark? I was like, well, the next thing is probably SummerSlam. Yes. So they said, okay, let's do SummerSlam After Dark. He was like, uh, the only note from the people who had seen it was how do we make this bigger? How do we yeah. make the next one bigger? I was like, works for me. 
Let's start on it earlier. Let's plan it better. So I had written SummerSlam After Dark. The whole thing is written. Um, and I was doing these interviews. And we did tag team, the musical group tag team. Oh, my gosh. Todd Pettengale. Uh, these are all Wednesday morning wake-up interviews. Uh, Kevin yeah. Nash, who is the, the best, who took it by the pool. Um, Mick Foley. Who else did we do? Oh, and Ted DiBiase, who uh. right before we started... He was at NXT. Remember he was doing the ladder match? I, I interviewed him the day before NXT, and he's like, right after this, I got to get on a plane. I haven't even dropped it yet because it was like we, yes. we had some audio issues. But he's like, he's like I'm not even going to be here for SummerSlam. He's like, I'm leaving to go to NXT. He uh, was at NXT, and they were kind of dragging him around and doing stuff. And I remember just before we turned the camera on, I hear him go, so is this a shoot interview? I was like, oh, oh my God, no, no, no. But he was amazing. Everyone was amazing. They got it. And I'm just happy that, like, you know, Mick I've known forever. I've opened for him twice to stand up. Nash, Kevin Nash, to bring it all yeah. full circle, was in Monster Brawl. That's where I first met him. Oh, wow. And we had so much fun doing those interviews, and they knew it. And I was just like, the the bump had gone live at that point, so it was a good break to take it out of the studio. Yes. You know, in the middle of the show. Uh, it was just fun, and I loved it. I enjoyed the grind of it, of, of like, what can we say about these people? What's funny and whatever. And then SummerSlam After Dark is all written, and they're going, well, maybe if you're doing this weekly stuff and you're doing that, like, what else can you do? Maybe this is a full-time thing. What, like, what would that look like? And I'm like, I don't know. Here's a bunch of things I can do. And then during one of the mass layoffs, um, they they renovated the digital department. They completely gutted it. That's what they did. To put it, yes, to put it kindly. And basically everyone responsible for me being there, like, no longer worked there. Mm. That sucks. And not only that, I mean, not only that, and they were incredibly nice, incredibly supportive. It was like, you know, three people. It was like the guy above me, the guy above him, the guy above him. And they were all, like, on board. And then it's like, pfft, gone. And then they kind of melded the TV and digital. They made a lot of changes. The bump went to 60 minutes. They stopped watch along and, you know, a bunch of things changed and, you know, nobody could really answer any questions for me. All the extra stuff was kind of off the table. They revamped talking smack and then raw talk and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like, okay, so what are we doing? And it was like, am I, and they're like, no, we still want to, you know, whatever. We just don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, did they say like, okay, ba ba ba? They said ba, that's, ba, that's a direct ba. quote. Ba 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 and ba. I will say. I also do want to say the crew of the bump is amazing. They are really delightful, and is a. I don't know how they do it every week. And Ryan was great. Evan was great. Matt is amazing, and Kayla. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't like her, but I respect her. Sure, sure. You know? And she's interviewed big names like Billy Gardell. Yeah, and he's a tough interview. I'd like to see you get Billy Gardell. I don't know who the hell that is. Billy, uh, Billy. Mike and Molly. Mike and Molly. I looked him up. You know what? Think... I know who he is. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know yes. that guy. And I don't, they're, we're not, and they were so welcoming to me. I feel like if they didn't enjoy me, I would not be there. <laughs> you yeah, know? of course. So like, I appreciate them letting me do that stuff. And then no one had any answers. And then out of nowhere, it was like, oh, the New Day wants you on their podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Do they understand that? And no one's ever really sure if I work there or not. And then, like, 
a couple weeks after that, I co-hosted the New Day podcast. So it was all, it's all weird. And I'm like, I'm not there, but I can just kind of hop in. Yeah. You know, it's incredibly, incredibly weird. That's the, so don't get me wrong. Like, so there's still a loose <laughs> the affiliation story, there. Yeah. I mean, I, they, people like my tweets. I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, there's affiliation. I mean, I just, but I mean, know, it like, sucks. Wait, what wait. happened sucked. It's shitty and whatever. I also hate that. I have a whole SummerSlam after dark written that didn't get made. Like yes. that hurts me, you know, personally because I, you know, personally, whatever. I you think fall you in should love with those ideas. Personally, I think you should do that for next year's and just not change anything. I would be great. With, All the with, jokes, but, but it's still but be evergreen. What? We were writing stuff so far out. I wanted to have, can I, uh, whatever, I'll spoil it. Um, I wanted to have James Adomian. Do you know James Adomian? No, hell no, I don't know who that is. Wonderful comedian. I wanted to have him call in as Jesse Ventura because he does a great impression. James Look Ad- him up. Domian. Okay. James Adomian. Yeah, okay. Yes. I does a very uh, Bernie Sanders, but he does a picture perfect Jesse Ventura. I've I've actually um, seen some stuff that he's done. I've seen some yes. like impersonation stuff that he's done. Yes. yes. And I also, there were people I asked for, I was just dying to get, I wanted to get what? He was in Harold and Kumar. Yeah. He was, he was George Bush. Yeah. He was the, the, the weed smoking George Bush in Harold and Kumar. An amazing Jesse Ventura. And I was like, I just wanted him to call in on the hotline. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think he knows anything about wrestling. I just wanted him to answer questions. It would have been great. Um, I desperately wanted to get Triple H at some point. (laughs) Or The Undertaker. I was like, just please. I think you could please. have at that point because he was doing – He, it's not tough for like a lot of outlets to get him now because right. they signed him to that 15-year deal and WWE is basically like, how do we justify this pay? Give him a bunch of media. I, I just wouldn't consider me an outlet. <laughs> Fair. That's my only – you know, whatever. But I, everyone I, was... I wouldn't consider many of the places they give him to outlets. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's that sucks that I have all that stuff. And we were, like, on the way up. And then, like, the rug pulls out. And it has nothing to do with... Like, it sucks. I wish someone could say, we we thought you were fucking horrible. And this was a failure. Like, that would be somewhat easier to to deal with, in a sense. Um, But I will also say, like, I am still amazed that no one ever scripted me or gave me any real note or anything to say. And then I'm also... You know, not embarrassed by the work I did there. It was good work. It really was. And uh, I would love to bust your balls and say it was terrible, but it wasn't. It was very good work. <laughs> it was Thank fantastic. You. It was entertaining. It was funny. Uh, it was, I mean, it, it could all certainly be better. I'm not saying it should be nominated for an Emmy. It was, although... so, it was different, too. Like, I, yeah. we watch wrestling interviews all day, every day, yeah. and transcribe stuff. That was so different and fun. And it felt like the people that you were working with, one, were easy to work off of, and two, they got it understood and were willing to go with it as well. And um, yeah, I, I wish that we saw more of that. Like, so you, yeah. you had mentioned USA tweeting you. Did any like chatter ever happen about that? Because I mean, hey, you do anything WWE contingent at midnight, it's probably going to draw better viewership sure. with you talking to a camera than whatever they got going on. Well, I don't know, like, sure, they was talking about it, but I don't know the people I was talking to. I don't know if they were in relation to making anything happen. Sure. Like, we, we're talking about it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't know, like, how far it goes or a million things that need to happen. But I had a lot of, of pitches 
certainly. And I also sent them, like, after all that, I was like, here's all my other ideas from before. Yes. So let me know. I pitched a bunch of, you know, up, up, down, down stuff, uh, podcast ideas. My, can I, I'll pitch one here. Let me just, and then if anyone wants to do it, it doesn't have to be them. Um, I really want to sit down with old wrestlers and go through their IMDb. I love that idea. I mean, I just went through your cage match and it, it turned out pretty yes. well. I think that's a but good I idea. But I want to go through, I want to get Brett and I want to go through his IMDb and I want to talk oh. about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV series. And Lonesome Dove. And Lonesome Dove, and when he played the genie in Toronto. He was the Aladdin. Because you know, you think you get Robin Williams and you're like, he's great. And then you're like, who's the Robin Williams of wrestling? And you go, Bret Hart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And who I will say, in all honesty, is so funny. He is a very, very funny person. Brett? Yes, he is. He really, really is. One of my favorite interview moments. You know how everybody says, well, he just buries everybody. He just buries everybody. So when I interviewed him uh, in in relation to the I think it was a city gas or corner gas uh, yeah, yeah, animated yeah. series, I was like, "Hey, I would like to get some positive stuff out there. How about you tell me who did the best sharpshooter?" And he he said, "It's a lot easier if I tell you who did the worst." <laughs> and I was like, "He's great." I was like, "That's that's deep down that's what I wanted to hear him say." Yeah, <laughs> deep down I I did want him to bury somebody. He's so delightful. So, yeah, I, I could hop, I could appear at any second, and I don't think anyone would think it's any stranger than what I've already been doing the past year. So, what's keeping you from doing that on your own? Is it just the idea that if what you do fu- it with- what are you, what are you, What are you talking about? What, do you understand the shit I've been doing? I'm <laughs> No. What, do I, doing it on my own. Our RJ City, and I quote, do you understand the shit I've been doing? The answer for me to that yeah. will always be probably yeah, not. I guess so. No, I uh, gave myself a good solid week to be upset. Yeah. And, to, you know, listen to Annie Lennox. And then I started working on a pilot and then another animated thing. I have these cartoons kicking around and also stuff with uh, David Arquette, which I'm aware is the least successful of all the Arquettes. If I picked Rosanna or Patricia, it might be mm-hmm. fucking made by now. But, yeah, I'm working on, on that stuff amongst a bevy of other things. I also have my own coffee. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, which, do. Uh, like, I'm very interested in how that came about. Well, I like coffee. They had already done a Danhausen coffee, and I thought that was fucking stupid because he mean, doesn't drink coffee. You, you are a very coffee-heavy content creator. I mean, you, yeah. you've done the underwear and your coffee deal yes. uh, for, for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, so I, I came up with the name, and they were like, let's do it. And it's called High Anxiety, but H-I, as in hello, you're greeting it. Yes. And uh, what else? Oh, and I'm thinking, when when will this come out? What day? Do you know what day? I don't know what day. I just know I wanted to drop it Christmas week as like a, okay. as like a gift to oh, our treat. viewers. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm debating turning babyface. Oh. Yeah, I've been what? a heel for so long, yes. and I made it very clear that I was a heel, so people understood. You know, I don't want to be too subtle in this business. So I did say, and I've been, two years have passed, and I hate, I would loathe coming back to wrestling and doing the exact same shit. I think that would bother yeah. me. So I thought, what, you know, I'm weighing the options, we're focus grouping it, being a face. And if I do turn face, I will give everyone fair warning, so we're all on the same page. So, to to better gauge 
yeah. you gauging people being babyface yeah. or heel. I want to throw some names at you and okay. certain periods of time where maybe there were some shades of gray. Maybe mm-hmm. there weren't. And sure. we'll decide, you'll decide if they were babyface or heel. We'll start off with the hot topic right now. Cody Rhodes. Is he a babyface? Is he a heel? Well, I'm not crazy about people who wear suits. Okay. They make me uncomfortable. You I get you overheated. And you posted several pictures of yourself in a suit on Instagram recently. Yeah, that was from one event. <laughs> I know. You, you got you the most out of it, though. The suit time. Yeah, because that was it. I'm not putting on another suit for the rest of the year. Okay. You know? So to me, he would be a heel just because he's so agitated and uncomfortable in the suit. And maybe if he wore culottes, let's say. Yes. He'd be a little more of a face to me. We'll work our way backwards. Jason Jordan in late 2017, early 2018. He's doing the team with Seth Rollins. He's Kurt Angle's son. Yes. It, yes. it was hard to tell. You know what? I um, You didn't watch and it, what did frustrated you? You didn't me, watch it, did you? He had the you? singlet. No, no, he had the singlet. Yes. And what bothered me is he kind of always kept the straps up. Mm. If he made a little bit of a bigger deal, I could see where there's a baby face there. You know, I think he was afraid of making that clear choice. Yeah. And I'm not. If I make it, I'm going to make it and everyone's going to know it. Let's go with The Rock virtually his entire wrestling career because he, he got cheers. He was kind of mean to people, though. You know what? I always thought he was a baby face. Always, always, always. And then he started posting about how early he gets up to go to the gym. And it's like, okay, like four o'clock exists for me too. Like, okay, you have a busy day. I'm sure there's a truck driver who gets up and does pull-ups too. You know, what is the big deal here? And then he started turning heel for me. You know, I I respect that. I respect, even though this is from after his wrestling career, I, I respect that, you know. You can yeah. forgive, not forget. So. No, I can't forget. Well, I'm up very early. Ah, good for you. What do you want from me? I get up, oh, maybe 8 o'clock. Does that bother you? Am I less of a person because of that? How about Hulk Hogan, like, early 90s? Like, he was doing shit like back-raking people and, like, poking he them always, in the eyes. That was very confusing, right? It was. And he was like... Oh, it's like those heels are so dirty and tough. Like, you have to back rake Boris Zukov. Yeah. <laughs> it's really important. He wrestled like a real piece of shit, like, forever. Yeah. And then, like, Gorilla would always just kind of shrug it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's, what's the big deal? That's what you have. Like, he's giving it back. I'm like, Boris did not back rake him at all. No. No. And then later Apple. in his career, he's taken off the belt, even after the Hollywood days. And he's beating people with the belt. I do have a pretty concerted shit list, if you, a non-wrestling shit list, if you want to hear it. Yeah, I would love to hear it. And I do talk about it often. Um, number one, Betty White. Who I've, I've heard from some sources may not be all she's cracked up to be. Okay. And I don't think B. Arthur liked her. And I, I defer to Brett. Like, how do I explain this? I defer to B. Arthur's opinion. She's like my Brett. Yeah. And I heard she wasn't crazy about her, so I started questioning her, well, number well, one. You know, you know what's interesting? We, we had Brett work as Aladdin. He could, he could fill in for Betty White if they do a Golden Girls reboot, too. I, I think so. I think it would be great. Yeah. Uh, he could wear the same pants. <laughs> and uh, who else am I? Oh, Stanley Tucci. 
Okay, so when I was watching election coverage, oh, buddy. Yes. Oh, buddy. He's that... still searching for Italy, Sean. You're goddamn right. He can't right. find it anywhere. He fucking he looks around and can't find it. Buddy, I was seething. I was so, like. Do, do you want to, here's, here's my, uh, here's a clip from next week's Searching for Italy. You ready? Mm. Oh, this cappuccino is good. Yeah. Mm. And then roll credits. The trailer. I need that fucking guy to tell me Italy has good food. The trailer for every show with food. Mm. 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 Uh, we get it. And then you throw so some popular. horns over top of it. it there's your show. I yeah. heard uh, that commercial lives inside my brain, unfortunately, forever. I yeah. can't watch Easy A anymore. I don't think he's funny. I don't think he's charming no. anymore. No. I'm like, Somebody shut the get him fuck up, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? I'm in Greece. Your Somebody tell me where Italy is. Your daughter's allegedly fucking everybody in the neighborhood. She's going to oh get HPV. Be, okay. be more concerned for her. I think you should put that on select. I mean, um, after searching for Italy, I think he should have searched for some... <laughs> For some sex education in Easy A, Jesus. like he was just obviously, obviously, you share the same list that I do. Yeah, um, M- uh, Mark Ruffalo. Why Mark Ruffalo? Personal reasons. I don't want to get into it right <laughs> now, but I, I'm not crazy about him at you all. You said you didn't want to be the eyeball emoji guy. No, I, and I'm telling you, it's personal reasons. <laughs> and also, do you can we talk about this? Do you remember when there was like two days there where everyone thought I was going to wrestle Lavar Burton? Why didn't you? He replied to a tweet that wasn't even mine saying, I want to see you two wrestle. And he's like, I'm in. And then it was like, and then I was like, you know what? If he's little, does he know this is how me and David started. So I was like, let me see if this guy's DMS are open and they are not smartly. And then, um, that was it. I don't think he picked up anything else I was putting down. Damn. And that was it. But I will, I'll say, if he wants to do anything, if he wants to donate it to PBS, I am down. Why, I mean, why not? What's the big well, deal? No, I've never worked with a legitimate actor before, so that would be really exciting for me. So, uh, man, what, what's on the docket now? Like, You don't any, want to talk about Family Feud? You don't have any Family Feud questions? I, I didn't watch it, first off. What? What? How? I went to your cage match, but I didn't watch Family Feud. No, I didn't Feud. watch Family Feud. I know. Feud. I'm sure it was hard to find. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like Family Feud, to be honest with you. I don't like well, game shows. It's not my thing. Do you understand who was on the show? Yeah, I do understand who was on the show. RJ City was on the show. Do you understand that? A, no, not just. Okay, it's me, Dalton, I know Peter that. Avalon, Jungle Boy. Let me, let me tell you a Dalton Castle story real quick. Okay. Never interviewed him, never spoke to him. Anytime ROH goes, who would you like to talk to? I say, Dalton Castle. I'd love it. Never got him. Never. One time they hit me up and they said, hey, how about two minutes audio only with Dalton Castle? And I say, what? What could I possibly ask him about? He doesn't have his makeup on. Can you just talk to him on the phone? Uh, But, I mean, it it was a sort of marriage of, of ROH and... At the time, you were doing WWE stuff, and there were AEW stars there. Yeah, we were really the forbidden door. We Rocky, really were. People didn't know Rocky Romero was right behind there. He made it all happen. He was producing. But then also, on the other side, is Team Paul Rubens with former Raw guest host. I know. I remember Paul that. Rubens. Uh, Jack A. Harry. Joe Manganiello, who's also made appearances on Raw. Yes. 
S. Apatha Markison and uh, WWE Hall of Famer Drew Carey. Yes, so they had more WWE star <laughs> power than you all had. <laughs> yes. Oh man, and uh, I remember I, I remember seeing the the promo and the clips for it. David brought the the title belt or, or yeah. a title belt. Like, was that made? his custom belt? Okay, I was gonna ask. Like, it, he had that made, and there's different moments from his career on there. Oh, it's really okay. cool. He ha- it's it was really a waste of money. Yes, but it's a really nice belt. Now I did watch you and Jessamyn yeah. Duke play Family Feud. Yes, I'm also I'm that alternate member of like the BRE when they play video yes. games when they need like a fifth. And uh, I mean, obviously there was some funky shit going on with Up Up Down Down, which yeah, I don't, I don't know if you you want to talk about or not. I I mean I there's nothing for me to talk about. I was like very much an alternate on the peripheral. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. like call me when you need somebody. I will say we played. A joke box game. It was yeah. me, uh, Woods, Drake Maverick, uh, who else? Cesaro and Breeze. And all my jokes, all the words were clean, but they were so, uh, in, I insinuated such filth that they bleeped them out. And that really bothered me. I got upset and I was like, why did you? And they're like, they're, they're filthy. I'm like, wait, where's the word? Where's the bad word in here? Oh, it was like so you can was, see why I didn't get asked to pick to play too much. It was like music videos from '98 to 2002. Like you would get a few words in there, but like anything that even alluded to something. Yeah, like this was like watching the raw replay on Saturday mornings on TSN in Canada. So the Family Feud thing happens. How did that come together? Like, was that an Arquette connection? I got an email. You know, he's so, that's David's so all over the place. Like, he doesn't give you a heads up that he asked for you to be on Family Feud. Like, I got this email, and I don't even know. It was like, like I have an old email. I have a Hotmail. Like, they emailed my Hotmail from yes. 40 years ago. And they're like, hey, and of course you think it's bullshit. And then you start reading and looking up people's names, and you're like, what? And then, I was, and then I'm like, hey, fuck, I called him. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you, and... It was also very difficult because I didn't know if I would be allowed in the country at that time or like to pop in and out. Like yeah. it was and not an easy thing to do. So there was a lot of stuff with that. And then he had, I, I think he thought his family would not be that interesting to play with, although I disagree. <laughs> but he wanted to do, you know, his wrestling family and, and people that were meaningful to him in the documentary that kind of thing and like me and jungle boy and peter avalon we all met in david's backyard really you know like years before that because david had a ring and then people would just kind of come in and out show up yeah seriously because it's all been he was just he was so i will say the one nice thing about him is especially when we did the indie shows he was so aggressively generous with like everyone backstage every indie wrestler every fan like really 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 went out of his way to you know scrub the skid mark he made of course and that, that was sort of the basis of the the documentary itself and yeah uh, now he's got some some great i mean i loved spree i think it was either last year or the year before when it came out i watched that and i was like man this is perfect for him of course Scream coming out. My wife is excited for that one. Uh, so we're seeing the... Speaking of Scream, Courtney Cox made me like 
the worst cappuccino I've ever had in my life. Really? Have we talked about this? Yeah. No. Me and David did a show when we were teaming, and then uh, I think he got put through a table by by bully. Yeah. Is that was that a? I think, I think, I think so. so. Yeah. And then I think his back hurt, and he had to get adjusted. And he's like, "Oh, we have to this guy, and it's a uh, it's by Courtney's little meter and whatever." So you know, I met her, and I'm like, you know, again, like on the Zoom call, I immediately started apologizing. And she said, "Oh, do you want a coffee? I make a great cappuccino." And I don't drink cappuccinos, but if you're gonna hang it over my head, I make a great one. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm like, "Well, right. see." Let's see how great it is. And she's yeah. making it. And halfway through, she just goes, oh, fuck. I was like, what? She's like, ah, oh, I didn't, this thing, I don't know how to make, you know, whatever. And, you know, it tasted like wet cardboard. And she should be embarrassed. And she, she should never tell anyone that she even has a coffee machine. It was so bad. Did you confront her, like, interpersonally? Well, she was apologizing about immediately. Yeah. And so then, she confronted herself. Yeah. And then, of course, you know. I need a good cappuccino. It was a horror. It was just, it was horrible. It was a waste of my time. And she, months later, blamed the coffee machine. She's like, I got it fixed now. So whenever you want. So now I got to go to her house and have a cappuccino, which I don't even want. So I assume she you lives know? in LA. Yeah. I'm not asking for her address or anything, but no. I assume she lives in LA. So even if you're in LA, yeah. De- depending on where you are, that's probably an hour across town just to get a cappuccino in which you don't have that yeah. much confidence well, she, in the beginning. I even want the cappuccino anyway. Yeah. Blaming the coffee machine. So, you know, those are the grievances I have. Understandable. LeVar Burton, Courtney Cox. Understandable grievances. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. I've got plenty of other stuff to ask you about, you know, Elmo, stuff like that, but I'm going to save that oh for another Oh my God, day. that horrible meme. The one time I don't show my face... We were at an anime convention years ago, and it was a guy who was a wrestler who also did, like, mascots at birthday parties, so he had a bunch of costumes. And then he was uh, Elmo, and he gave me a rock bottom, and... It's lived forever. Probably every four months, some celebrity, like Snoop Dogg, not that he runs his own Instagram, will tweet that meme, and people will say, isn't this your back? And I go, yes, and I'm ashamed. Are you ashamed of it? I am ashamed of it, because I didn't show my face. Did you do the job that night? Oh, yeah. I had to, unfortunately. I wasn't taking any high-risk shit. You've seen him do a Canadian Destroyer, but not on me. <laughs> oh, Elmo. My God. Why, why didn't you put in the call to have Elmo on the uh, Family Feud thing? It was just logistics. Heat, heat there? I had a little Elmo heat. A little Elmo yeah, heat. I was bought, Telly, Telly, I will say, is one of the most underrated performers in Sesame Street history. Everyone's talking about Elmo, Elmo. Telly has been, Telly is a good hand. Do you know what I mean? A good you hand? A, I got yelled you at for Sesame calling somebody Street a good sketch. hand once. <laughs> Who was it? It was Helms. Helms yelled at me because on on our show, I said, uh, Shelton Benjamin was a good hand for WDB for a while. And he's like, you're not fucking JR. You can't call somebody a good hand. <laughs> you know what? And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Shane Helms, not a good hand. Well, I, th- I that was the thing. I, somebody said, well, he's probably been told that himself, and he's like, that's a backhanded sure. compliment. And you know sure. what? For somebody who was like number two merch seller in the company at one point, I agree with yeah. that. Because he's probably like, motherfucker, my hands were full of money at one point. Like, yeah. don't, don't tell me that. So I, I got it. I understood it. It was a lesson that I learned. 
Next question. Is it all Sesame Street related? It's all Sesame Street related. It's it, it's all Sesame Street related. Um, did you take like training or classes to shoot paintballs at people? Like, was that did you have to practice? That? Like, did they train did you, you for splat? You're talking about splat a lot. Yes, I am. Um, we had a couple days of weapon testing where we got to shoot an adult. Because those were CO2 guns that yes. were shooting the paintballs, so that, which is like a t-shirt gun. And they had a setting on them where we could turn it up Ooh. and really, really do some damage. And it was soaked in like this soapy kind of paint. Yes. They, it has, to, it it has was, to leave a mark, basically. Yes. That's why they do it. And we figured out very early on that we weren't allowed to shoot people in the face. Yeah. That, is, uh, that, that, so can, that, that can be very dangerous. Quickly. My worst memory doing that was they were testing the course. We did a bunch of test tapings, and it was, and I hadn't even figured out my character or what we're doing. And I had to dump a bucket of water on this kid. He was the first kid to ever run the course, and then he asked to run it. And he was like a fuck, like a Thurman Merman, okay? And in a wetsuit and a life jacket and water shoes and a helmet. And they were like, you know, give it to this kid. Just make fun of him and rip him up and blah, blah, blah. So we do it, and he, he runs into the moat. And he swims up to the first tower and he just stops. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's not moving. And I only see the back of his head. I can't see his face. And I've been told to destroy this kid. And that's what I'm doing. You know? So for five minutes straight. Just I'm doing your job. Doing my job. And five minutes go by. And then he looks up at the camera and he says, um, I can't feel my arms. <laughs> and I just felt like the absolute worst. I felt like a monster. And what <clears throat> what happened was I think the water was so cold. And you're not ready for it. And you just totally are shocked. And you yeah. have to be a really good swimmer to swim in a life jacket. You know, so it didn't go, didn't go so well. <sighs> RJ City. Uh, yeah. you, you have done so many things and all of them are things. They are things, things and more things. They are things. Uh, we've been here for almost 70 minutes. This is our longest oh, interview God. yet. Yeah. Is it? You have this, uh, you have, like you've timed them after this? Well, I mean, there's a timer right here on the software right, that I I'm guess using. So. But... And do you remember, sorry, can I bring up, I want to talk about this. The first time we met and you can probably put this up. I was getting dressed before I left the house and it was very hot because it was SummerSlam in Toronto. Yeah. And I thought, I want to wear shorts, but I don't want to be filmed in shorts because I'll look stupid. And I thought, it's hot and it's like, it's an interview. It's going to be, you know, not a, it's going to be a waist up interview. Yes. Fucking whatever. So I get there to this office building that you've infiltrated and it's these recliners and my legs are visible like the whole interview. I hate it. I hate it. I loathe it, man. I said I so that was my first interview that I did in that office, and yeah. I bring us in and I'm looking and I've I've got eczema on my knees. I'm very self conscious yeah. about it. Not willing to wear pants in the summer though because I'm not a psychopath. 
but two men sweating through an interview. Just just sweating with the lights on us and all that. I was very disappointed by that, too, especially considering on the other end of that room, Jimmy, who runs Fightful, there's a big table for another website's podcast that – that we own. I was like, why, why didn't we just set something up there? But he likes his setup. He likes to be there in that big recliner and do all that. Looking like Martin crane. Yeah. And meanwhile, while, while he's going with the full super crank Ninja turtles setup, I'm, I'm here. I have to have a gaming chair for posture. So I stand up straight and I'm, I'm, you know, always running traffic and all this. I go there and everybody's handling things for me and our, our naked knees, or out for the world to see. No paywall. Who nothing? So bizarre. No paywall. That was a select interview. If you want to see the lower half of this interview, you have to pay. It's behind a paywall. Oh, man. But, yeah, hope, I have not been back to the office since then because of the pandemic. And that uh, yes. that feels like it was four years ago. That feels we like were, forever. I feel like we were two 12-year-olds. Yeah. You had a, you had a crazy day that day. Like, that was – you were – you had to like go on first on one end of the town and then get in a vehicle yes. and then drive to the other end of the town. And it was one of those frustrating Toronto drives where it's it's logistically a five minute drive, but with traffic it's forty five yes. minutes. You know, I've, I've it unfortunately a, but it was learned a fun that. time. Yeah. Toronto's shitty. If if I go forty five minutes from here, I can hit like two or three different states. Like Right. Yeah, well, that's because nobody wants to live in Kentucky. That's true, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I like that you even question it. Nobody wants to live in. Are you still Kentucky? in Kentucky? Do, do people say that to you when they see you? They go, "Are you still in Kentucky?" Sometimes, yes. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of people know that I'm planning a move to insert city name here. If they know me personally, oh. if they know me Ooh. well enough to to know that type of thing, they know I'm planning a move. And that's You're planning I a move get... to I emoji. Yes, I'm going to move to yeah. iEmoji, uh, but I'm in the middle of nowhere, so a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll go, are you still in, what was it? That's what they'll say, because they don't yeah. remember the name of my town, because more, like, 50 times as many people that live in my town will watch this interview. Like, right, and the town is Mudlick? I live 15 minutes away from Mudlick. That's a real fucking town. It's, oh, buddy. Not is it only a real town. There are two of them in Kentucky. Oh, my God. There's like a lower mudlick? There's a lower mudlick in, in southern Kentucky. <laughs> then there's a mudlick where they have races. But, buddy, let me just tell you, we take care of our own here. Yes. With the yes, hat. the wonderful. Wasn't he working in the VHS look, department or something? Look, yes, he time? was in uh, yeah. Coliseum Video. But it's yes. signed, and it says, Merry Christmas 2019. I told the wonderful oh. folks at Toy HQ Toy Vomit that mm-hmm. um, that was the first wrestling figure I ever saw. And uh, the masked fellow said, here, take this. And he demanded wow. that I take this Hillbilly Jim figure. And not only that, because it doesn't have a COA with it, a certificate of authentic- authenticity, the person who had it signed took an actual physical photo with a regular camera of him holding up two of them. And he gave me that, too. And it still has the bucket hat, which are back in. Your friend wow. Chelsea Green. Oh, yeah. Is, they are. Is, right there. Yeah, Chelsea Green was wearing one. I'm sure it cost her more than $10. I'm sure it did. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I've shown off my Hillbilly Jim LJN. We've, we've talked about your wild year and a half in which delayed this interview, RJ. Yeah. Well, now I have nothing to promote, so I'm here. That, and that's the way that media should work, right? Yeah. 
What are you doing? You want to come on and talk about? I'll come on and talk about nothing. I need have. content for Christmas. I want I want our audience to be happy during Christmas, and they always seem to be happy with interviews with you, RJ City. Yes, because most of them go, "Who is this person?" Now that's not true. Not anymore. Did you see that guy who unboxed a pro wrestling crate? Which and one? he was literally I, I, he. I have a pin. He unboxed the pin, and he goes, "RJ City," and he literally goes, "Am I stupid?" Who is RJ City? And I couldn't be mad at him because he was genuinely trying to think about it. That that should be the intro for your videos is like yeah. a graphic and then am I stupid? Who's RJ City? Am I stupid? I mean, I saw you unbox Fievel Ghost West trading cards. Yes, and I will be unboxing a lot more. Uh, check it not Fievel Ghost West because whatever. Go ahead. Tell the people Go, where plug. they can where they can find you, where they can check this stuff well, out. They can buy my coffee at rootlesscoffee.com. Uh, other than that, maybe, uh, yeah, youtube.com slash rjcityloveseyou. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter. You'll put my shit. Don't you put it in the description? Yeah, yeah it's, how it's shit down works. there. I can't, I can't Make wait Make it over easier there. for them. Yeah, but it, it says Click. rjcity1. It says rjcity, then it says wrestler. Yeah, wrestler, allegedly. Oh, by the way, um, on Family Feud, they were like, what do you want to call yourselves? And they were like, ah, just put whatever you want. And then I found out Jungle Boy and Peter Avalon were getting to put, like, AEW Superstar. And I was like, fuck this. So I was like, I'll put Sports Entertainer. Yeah. And they were like, okay, sure. And then they didn't. And it says actor slash wrestler. And I was like, both of those are questionable. Peter Avalon of Car Shield fame. That's, that's what that shit is. They're be. still airing. They are. They are still airing. He did a great job of being, like... A rental car worker who has a ponytail. Yes. Yeah. RJ, I want to thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, why not? Is Denise there? Here? Yeah. Does she do anything? You can't get me Denise or something? I mean, Denise would probably love to interview. Well, maybe. I was just, I was hoping for, I thought it was going to be a lot more fun than, okay. I mean, I, I don't blame you. I mean, she, she tagged me in 40 <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants memes at 1 a.m. last night. Oh my god, she must have carpal tunnel. You know, that poor She's girl. Over, yeah, it's it's yeah. always. I think about her, and I hope she has some sort of joint formula for tweeting so much. Hope she's got something to take care of that big ass head of hers. Yeah, but that's uh, old movie stars. They're very small bodies, very big head, and people are engaged with their faces. That makes a lot of sense. That that explains yeah. her success. For sure. Next time, next time, shoot her knees in the shot. No one will watch it. Yeah. I'm ready to end this interview, RJ City. Thank you Sorry. so much. I keep going on. Until next time. Rest in peace, Ed. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Ed Asner. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. 
Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.